1: Welcome to the over and back classic NBA podcast at the step back at fansidercom I am Jason, and with me is Jules Rich. What's going on, Rich? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. as usual. I haven't been on the show in, in months. <laughs> well, it's, been, it's <laughs> actually been weeks, but you know, right? <laughs> it, little, but no, don't let it exaggeration was fine. Get between friends. You know, <laughs> no, no. No. So, uh, so, yeah, the world has changed a lot since we last recorded. We're not going to get uh, What into happened? That. Uh, I, been, uh, we, we don't want. Uh, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double for a season. Oh, that's what cool,
2: cool. Wow. Geez, this world is. I mean, 2016, what a great year this has been. Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty notable thing. Um, Indeed. Yeah, wow. Okay. I didn't know that so much had happened since we last spoke, but there you go. Right. Wow.
1: So America is uh,
2: a different country now with Russell Westbrook as our, our new leader uh, of triple doubles in a season. Yes. About- <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook is making triple doubles great again. Is what he, I is. he really yeah. is. He really is. He really really is. I mean, LeBron did too, but you know, um, yeah, LeBron, a lot of people were not happy with that tenure uh, of LeBron as the you know the leader of the triple doubles, and now they've got an alternative here. It's a he's a boisterous, loud, uh, in your face kind of guy. But hey, some people want that out of Russell Westbrook, and that's why uh, you know people are happy that he's our new. Triple double leader. That's true. LeBron is really so 2008 to 2016. So <laughs> exactly, in, in honesty, it's a, yeah. that's a perfect. That's a perfect time period for you to uh, to uh, identify it as. It's so strange how it just worked out perfectly. It yeah, is so. interesting, but um,
1: <laughs> so yes, uh, as we record this today, which is November 30th, uh, 2016, uh, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double for the first 19 games of the season. So a quarter of the way through the season. So obviously questionable whether he can sustain this throughout the entire season, but he's gotten further along um, than anybody since Oscar Robertson. That's pretty impressive. So
2: uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I, I honestly I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that, but I heard that stat earlier and I was like, wow, that that is really impressive. Like you would think that it just somebody. And I mean, it's 19 games. It's not that but it it really speaks to how rare it is what Russell Westbrook is doing right now that nobody has 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 done that through 19 games or this, in you know, this far into the season, which just seems seems out of control but or, or seems wild but hey that's 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 westbrook for us so yes
1: so uh 30.9 points per game 11.3 assists per game 10.3 rebounds so uh the the points and assists are always going to be the the rebounds of course i think are the uh, are the question just kind of hard that's, for
2: yeah that's going to be a tough one for him i i think and i think that's going to be the one that maybe if he doesn't do it i mean i, I think everybody can kind of agree that that's going to be it'll be like you know 9.8 rebounds per game or you know 9.6 or you know something something like that i think he'll get close to that but that's gonna be a hard thing to maintain the entire year those 10 uh, 10 rebounds per game yeah definitely
1: but I mean he really is I mean he's he's kind of keeping the thunder afloat they don't have a whole lot other than him you know Depot's played pretty well Steven Adams is pretty good but you know for the most part they're they're obviously thin after losing Durant so um but so it's impressive the way that he's playing I mean I think he's playing in a way that also um you know, it may be selfish in a sense, but it's, I think it's kind of necessary for them to be good. There's really no other, you know, he's not like taking possessions away from you know, somebody else who deserves them. I mean, I think they're playing it at basically the optimum way that they can play to win right
2: now absolutely yeah I mean who and people bring that argument up all the time about you know Westbrook of, of you know kind of being and this is more obviously when Durant was there uh, of okay well he you know sometimes can dominate the ball too much or sometimes he can take too many possessions or whatever but now as you're saying like yeah this team this 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 Thunder team it's like who else would you give those possessions to I mean other than Aladipo like you said he's the only other like real true offensive weapon and the other guys are just kind of complimentary pieces they're all decent players they work and they fit in kind of different systems and they're great for yeah. role players but as far as like a guy that you want having the ball in their hands. I mean, Russell Westbrook is literally the only guy in the Thunder that you probably want doing that on every, and and he is. And that's what he's doing, and that's what's, you know, and and people predicted that this was probably going to be what the season was. Whether people predicted that it would be this crazy of a season that he would be averaging a triple-double almost the entire season, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that kind of plays out. But I think people had an idea that, you know, this could happen. This was a possibility this year. Yeah, absolutely, and
1: uh, you know, it. I think a lot of people brought up the example of Iverson in two thousand and one, where he was um, just everything on the offense, in in, in terms of um, you know being the guy who everything kind of ran through. I mean, he wasn't putting, you know, he wasn't a guy capable of double digit rebounds uh, very often, so it, it, the numbers weren't weren't quite the same. But it was a similar role where you know he just took so much of the offense on on himself, and that was kind of the one time that they were able to be successful when they put sort of the right uh, role play players around him, you know, guys who can play defense, guys who did everything he couldn't do. And then he was just able to kind of lead the offense. And, you know, it it was kind of, it was obviously a much different time and it was kind of a slog to get through, but obviously it led to, you know, them getting to the finals and success. And I I don't expect that from, um, the Thunder obviously, but I, I do think that they, um, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I think they're playing about as well as they can. They're probably a solid playoff team. And, you know, I, I, um, it's really impressive what he's doing. I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it, that's a pretty obvious thing to say. But, uh, you know, he's putting up numbers that are, like I said, it, no one has averaged a triple double. Everyone probably knows this, but no one has averaged a triple double for a season since Oscar Robertson did in uh, 1962. And we're going to get into more of the impressive, uh, elements of, uh, uh of his records. But, um, yeah, um uh, Justin Kubacko of StatMuse tweeted a couple of interesting
2: things that I thought were pretty um, illuminating. Yeah, so uh, the two things he tweeted out was uh, Russell Westbrook has an assist percentage of fifty eight point eight. The record for a full season is fifty seven point five by John Stockton, which is just uh, another thing that's incredible about Westbrook this year. Is that for all the you know talk of of you know him and the, and the comps, which are fair, of to like an Allen Iverson type of being the only guy in the offense, or the only guy in the offense to really do anything. The only real good scoring option is that he's still assisting a lot. Like the that he is getting 11.3 assists per game and the fact that he does now, you know, according to this and according to Justin and and StatMuse, of course, who a fantastic website as well, if you technically check that out, uh, it's at StatMuse as well on Twitter, but uh, that he has the highest assist percentage ever, you know, at this point right now at 58.8, which is just incredible. Uh, The other thing, too, that I thought was another just incredible part about Russell Westbrook's season is that Russell Westbrook and this tweet out again by Justin, uh, Russell Westbrook has a higher rebound percentage this season than Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns, who are, um, I, I haven't checked, I, I, I think I know this, but I, I will have to clarify through our producer. Uh, Russell Westbrook is much shorter than both of those men. Correct? <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> I, I believe you're correct. I right. had well, yes. the producer look it up, but I, I, I'm almost positive he is way shorter and like not even close. And, and the other thing too, being you know obviously a point guard, you're sort of thought to be away from the basket as much, and that's just another thing that's awesome about Westbrook. And the reason I kind of think he's a little bit more impressive than even Allen Iverson that season, who, who I, Iverson was just incredible that year too. I mean, of course, right. the way yes. he did it was much different. It was a lot of like dribble isolation stuff, but. The fact that Westbrook is so explosive And that he just comes out of nowhere So if he misses a shot or somebody misses a shot He might not even be in the frame And yet he still gets the rebound And you don't get guys that do that all that often I mean, LeBron is one that you see that a lot But, but Westbrook just like he just explodes out of, out of frame, wherever he's at No matter what, and that's what leads to getting a lot of those rebounds It's not really necessarily... You know, his fundamental rebounding and his fundamental boxing out and all that sort of stuff and and good positioning. He's just way more athletic than like almost anybody else on the court. And that leads to getting so many of those rebounds. So it's just incredible what he's been doing this year.
1: Absolutely. And two um, other impressive uh, things about a season so far is that he, uh, right now, his uh, usage percentage is 40.7, and the NBA record for a season is Kobe Bryant in 2006 with 38.74. So he's breaking that by almost 2%. Also, uh, if you look at boxer plus minus leaders for a season, LeBron James, he leads, uh, he has the NBA record in 2009 at 12.99, and uh, Westbrook right now is at 14.5. So really blowing that away um, just in terms terms of you know the the value that he's pro- providing you know when it comes to those metrics so um amazing season you know, obviously it's it's only 20 games into the season 19 games in the season so there's a lot to go but um safe to say that he is very likely to make some history uh this season assuming uh it, things go well for him but um you know one thing i've seen discussed that i, I i'm it sort of gives me pause is uh and there's been some kind of good some pieces sort of uh Uh, some, you know, giving some blowback to this too, but the idea that You know the reason that Oscar Robertson had his triple doubles is you know he he averaged so much faster of a pace, and that obviously its influence obviously the more possessions that you have, the faster pace, the more you're going to be able to get those stats. So in in a way it's true, but I think it really undermines what um, you know Oscar was all about and the accomplishment that he had. Uh, So Robertson, his team's averaged 126.2 possessions a game in 1962. Uh, The Thunder right now averaging 98.7, so you know almost uh, you know another quarter more of possessions a a lot, and the uh, Westbrook would average 46.6 points, 17 assists, and 15.6 rebounds per game if you extrapolated it for the number of possessions that you have, but I don't really think that's fair. I mean, playing that fast would completely change so many things of the game. And I don't think like it's an apples to apples comparison. Obviously, if he played that much faster, he would get tired quicker. You know, I mean, he would he would obviously produce more in a faster game. But I, I think that, you know, just ch- trying to say that it would automatically happen like that. And, I, and probably not anyone's really saying that. But I, I do think that sort of undermines what they did in the 60s. um, uh, you, you know it Unnecessarily maligns The 60s players And what they accomplished Particularly Oscar Robertson When you just say Well it was just pace Because it, it was more than just pace Is what I'm trying to say
2: Yeah absolutely and, and another thing That I always bring up When you know Discussions of eras And oh what, what, what would This guy do in this era And what would that guy Do in that era I, I don't like that You know necessarily Because there's just So many other factors Including you know Nutrition and weightlifting And schedules And you know I mean Like it, it's I think it's nearly impossible To do kind of a, An apples to apples Comparison of a, a Player in 2006 16 and a player in you know the 1960s. Uh, the other thing that I always bring up as well is that yeah you can undermine what Oscar did and say oh they had a lot of possessions and I, the rest of the league did too and there wasn't like everybody was averaging triple doubles you know what I mean like it's not this thing and we bring that up a lot with when we talk about Russell and we talk about Wilt or whatever and they go oh yeah well Wilt you know he was playing against shorter guys and it's like yeah well then not everybody in the league could have averaged 50 points a game but they didn't there's a reason that guy was better I mean yeah that so I always do that is I I don't like having this you know big grandiose discussion about like let's compare all these different eras but all you have to do is look at the era in which that player played and they can't control what era they played in. they can't control Oscar can't control that he played in the 60s he played in the 60s that that's that's when he played that's when he was in the league so we have to judge him on the merits of what was going on in the 60s what the league was like in the 60s what everything was like you know in the 60s the way the game was played the, the tempo the pace all that stuff goes into it and he was you know without a doubt one of the better guys of that era and was able to do the most with what that era gave him and if the era did give him you know more possessions and a higher tempo okay great but there's a reason why we still talk about him being the only one that averaged a triple double and it's not because it was just so easy to get a triple double because oh we have 120 possessions a game let's everybody getting yeah, yeah triple doubles here and there I mean th- he didn't I mean he stood out among those guys because of that uh, because he was so skilled because he was so great see so, yeah, I don't like this idea that we have to sort of undermine it because they got so many different possessions and and Westbrook is doing it I mean it, again it it undermines both Westbrook's what he's doing and it undermines what Oscar did in his era and I just don't think it's fair to do that comparison you know apples to apples I I just don't like it yeah I mean both
1: are both their accomplishments are amazing within the context of what they're doing and there's it's silly to start i mean yeah i mean obviously bringing up the number of possessions that is relevant for context and that is relevant for why a lot of the big scoring numbers are during those seasons i mean i i think it's important to know to understand how the game was different then but to use it in a way that's disparaging and just Mm -hmm. I, i think it's bad i think you you summed that up well so how impressed are we by triple doubles in general? Because, you know, on one hand, they obviously show versatility and if you're contributing in the box score, you know, when it comes to scoring and passing and rebounding and those, there's a good chance that you're playing a, a complete game. However, sometimes it also leads to some stat chasing or padding. Sometimes you might, you know, take away from some defensive um, assignments to, to, you know, leave somebody open to go after a rebound or things like that. And certainly not all triple doubles are created equal. There's a big difference between a 40 point triple double and an 11.1 or as I call it the Jason Kidd special. So, right. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I feel like there is sort of a tendency to kind of go goo goo uh, over all these triple doubles. And, you know, in it and I think they can mean such different things depending on how it's produced that I feel like it's I mean, it's an interesting number and obviously we you know we we look at it and it means something to us but it it means such different things depending on you know really depending on the scoring total for the most part
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think my the way I've always looked at triple doubles that I do enjoy them. And I do think that they're uh, it, I, I am impressed by them just because I think it does show that a player is kind of uh, in some ways contributing to a lot of different aspects of the game. He's, you know, not just parking behind the three point line and letting everybody else do the rebounding. You know, he's getting in there and getting some rebounds. And he's not just letting everybody else pass. And every time he touches it, he's shooting or whatever. Or he's not just parked down low getting, you know, rebounds. Or I, I, I like the idea that they, you know, this particular player that gets a triple double or averages a triple double. or or gets a lot of them is is a guy that's all over the court doing a bunch of different things contributing to his team in a lot of different ways but as you said they're not all created equal and there are aspects of stat chasing and padding and we'll talk about a few funny examples uh, later in the show but I I really I've now as I've kind of grown up in in my NBA fandom and and in doing research for this piece as well when you see the sheer amount of triple doubles that have happened in history it's hard to be impressed by like your pedestrian you know like you said the 11 point you know Jason Kidd specials the 11 10 10 ones or whatever those don't do much for me now the ones that do work for me though are the ones and, and we'll get into these again we're large point total ones you know 30 plus points uh, a bunch of rebounds you know a ton of assists or whatever those are the ones that really kind of resonate with me now whereas the the ones where you just kind of squeak by you get one extra rebound or whatever those sort of reasons just don't do a whole lot for me anymore and i don't know if that's because i've kind of grown up in my fandom if it's because i'm you know a, a, a negative nancy these days i don't know what it is but i just i i I don't like those as much and I kind of just kind of poo poo those. But then there are the ones that you see, especially we'll talk about Russell Westbrook ones. He's great at these ones that just make you your head spin because you go, oh, my God, that's so many points, a ton of assists, a ton of like those are the ones that now I really look at. But no, I, I still am impressed by them, but I think it is they're not all created equal. And the ones where there are higher point totals or higher totals in any one of the statistics, I think, do stand out a little bit more to me. And I am a little bit more impressed by those. Yeah, and it's interesting to look at. Um, you
1: know, there aren't that many games that you know triple doubles that exist where there's no negative um, game scores. The worst one that I can find this is from uh, eighty fourth through Basketball Reference is uh, Kobe Bryant had one with a five game score. It was uh, uh, ten points, twelve rebounds, ten assists, and eight turnovers on uh, three of twelve shootings. So, um, so it, but it's certainly the instances of you. Having a triple double, but also not really having a strong game score are are, are pretty rare that that's
2: that doesn't uh, happen too often for sure. Yeah, there's only uh, there's only 13 guys with like under 10 or under double digit game scores ever uh, with a triple double. So that's impressive. Uh, unfortunately, as we mentioned, we're kind of picking on a little bit. But uh, Jason Kidd is in three of those uh, <laughs> top yes. 15 uh, of the lowest uh, game scores ever. And, but to be fair, Russell Westbrook is in is, is one of them as well. So to be that's does uh, oh, uh, March of 2016 one. So it wasn't this season it was last season. But uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm kind of surprised by that. I did think there was going to be some negative game scores in there because you would think that there would be just that guy who's just unabashedly and, and, you know, he's got a terrible field goal percentage and he's getting turnovers because he really badly wants an assist or he really badly wants the points or whatever. But to see that, it, you know, the worst one is five. Is still, I mean, obviously, that's not a great game score at all. But still, that, that does say that pretty much if you have a triple double, chances are you're having a pretty good game. You're not really, you know, having a, a, a huge negative influence on your team in a, in a given game. So that's that's impressive to see that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guys who are on there are Larry Bird, uh, Jordan Crawford, um, Reggie Jackson, illustrious names uh, for sure. So um, anyway, um, so. Um, so the I, I think it's interesting that this idea of a triple double is actually fairly recent term. Like it's not, it wasn't really something that was in the popular imagination. I did a search in the SI Vault looking for when triple double you know was first used in in a story, and it wasn't until. Uh, April of 1983 in a story about a, a, a search for a sports talk show host in a Talent Search in San Diego, where one of the questions that we people out was, what's a triple double in basketball? And then it went to it went on to explain what the term meant. So certainly I don't, wouldn't, ex, you know, if a sports audience would not have been expected to know what that term meant in 1983,
2: certainly I don't think it was used, you know, very widely. No, yeah, it's definitely not in the lexicon there. And what's interesting, too, is there's a few different uh, origin stories of, of the triple-double. Um, I, we found one, and I think the most popular one, and... Perhaps the correct one, but I, I don't know. We'll have to uh, ask if, uh, ask around, or if anybody knows, or anybody is you, you know has any insights to this would be great too, because we can't really find a, a, a definitive answer. But uh, uh, some attribute it to kind of Magic Johnson's rise in the nineteen eighties, and he was you know the first to really regularly do it, and it be kind of noticed on that level or on that national stage or whatever. Uh, and Jay Adande, in a uh, two thousand four uh, Los Angeles Times piece, says the term triple double was coined uh, by Bruce Jolish, uh, the former Laker public relations director, who needed a way to summarize Johnson's penchant for recording double figures in points rebounds and assists so then that's kind of the, the main story is that you know that guy needed to figure out something to do for magic johnson who kept doing these but then we found out that um from another article and this is from usa today in 2008 uh, others say that harvey pollock who was the sixers famous media relations director the guy famous uh for being there for wilt's 100 game uh, there's a tri- uh, you know there's people that attribute him to coming up with the term triple double but it doesn't say when he did it just says he coined the term triple double so i don't know it, it could be either one i've always heard the the first version of it being um, the Lakers and Magic Johnson, but then there's this other version of Harry Pollack, who obviously was in the game for so long, and it's a possibility that he did come up with it. But you doing that SI Vault search and not finding any references to it, you know, pre 1983, I think speaks volumes that it, it probably is uh, the Lakers or magic but but who knows I mean we really don't know
1: yeah uh, I mean either way it, it's it's interesting it's a nice term I mean it it, uh, it it makes it very simple you know but it just yeah the idea that it wasn't was was double double
2: in vogue like did people say double double or no was it like like um, we'll say double double but what the, what's this triple you know, like I don't know about that even I, I guess we should have looked that yeah, up yeah I, I
1: didn't check that I mean I would think that would be that would have been well known but that, that's an interesting question because I, um, I I had, that didn't occur to me until now so uh, the magic Magical podcasting. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be our next show: is the history
2: of double doubles. Uh, the very rare double double. Uh, we'll, t- we'll go over men that averaged double doubles in a season. Ooh, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> be a seven-hour show. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Mark Eaton. Yay! Yeah. Yes. let um, talk about Mark Eaton's 1984 season or something. There you so go. Yeah, well, I don't know that he did. Don't probably, look it up. Probably I not. I just, I just grabbed a year and I just grabbed Mark Eaton.
1: Yeah. So I, if you include blocks, maybe. But um, but <laughs> I why did I put up? Mar- why did
2: Mark Eaton the first one that I came on? Yeah, a, that's an
1: interesting question.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I guess I have Mark Eaton on the mind. Yeah. And I usually do it around the holiday seasons as well. It, always, it is definitely always... the season for Eaton. That's for sure. <laughs> he never averaged 10 points in a season. What am I thinking? Why would I? <laughs> I don't know, Rich. Shelby Oh, he up. came very close. Oh, you know, here. Look at this. 1984, 1985. He had 9.7 points per game and 11.3 rebounds per game. So he almost did it. Yeah, round up. That's good enough. Yeah. I mean, OK, there we go. Yeah. So I was correct. Um... Uh, good
1: Lord. <laughs> so looking at who has come closest to triple double for a season. It's actually surprisingly rare how it's even come, how close it's even come. Um, I looked at players with uh, Averaging at least 10 points, 8 assists And 8 rebounds per season um, Oscar Robertson did it 5 times One time from 61 Through 65 seasons um, And uh, Well, Chamberlain did it in 68 The, the year that he uh, went for Leading the league in assists and had um, 8.6 assists that year uh, Magic Johnson did it 3 times One of those is a 37 game season where um, He was injured that year So that, that's, you might want to take that one out But um and then uh jordan actually did it once in 89 uh 32 points eight assists eight rebounds uh jason kidd did it in seven uh 13 points uh by far the lowest number of points uh, for, for these uh and then this year at the moment uh lebron james and russell westbrook of course westbrook averaging triple double and lebron 23.5 points 9.3 assists 8.1 rebounds um so it's really interesting that um you know it happens or really 13 or 11 times in NBA history in completed seasons and then you know we have chance for two of them this season
2: yeah um, it, it is kind of funny that you, you bring up LeBron and, and we'll bring him. Uh, you know his name a lot uh, during the course of this podcast because he, he's a guy that always kind of flirted with triple doubles and got a lot of them as well. But it's just kind of funny that in this year where like the spectacular LeBron James is like I don't know like you know you know the guy's still having a fantastic year, but so many other players, including a Westbrook, are just having these like amazing, fantastic years or whatever. And LeBron just kind of laying there in the weeds with his you know twenty four points a game, nine you know nine rebounds, eight It's just crazy how he's just always kind of there, you know, <laughs> like and, like and I feel like that's kind of the baseline for LeBron or even for the next few years. It's just going to be like, yeah, I almost got a triple double, but not really. Like, like if people, but nobody. Like, I don't see that many people talking about LeBron being like right there in the mix. But he absolutely is. I mean, I don't think he's. I, I, I do not think he's going to do that because obviously you need a little bit of those numbers to 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 up. But it's just kind of funny how it's just LeBron's just kind of there and he's kind of he's he's in anonymity these days. It's just kind of like LeBron we do that we just expect this from LeBron these days. It's it's just incredible,
1: right? And um, I mean, I, I do think it's more possible than it has been in the past, just because you know he's taking uh, less of the scoring load and, and Kyrie right. and, and, and Love are taking more of the scoring load. So I definitely think that it's something that, you know, as that happens, definitely that gives a chance for him to, you know, get more assists and maybe focus more on rebounding if he wants to. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a chance that, you know, if he really wanted to do it, he could go after it and, and come close, if not actually get it done without really, you know, submarining the, you know, the, the Cavs are, you know, very very likely to win the eastern conference or at least it looks like that so even if he's going after a little bit of number hunting toward the end of the season it's not really likely to really derail any of their goals so you know i, I could see it as, as a possibility but you know as as we've said it's so rare in nba history that you uh, you don't want to you know expect it but it's you know i i think uh i definitely think you know um you know 23 8 and 8 for the season is definitely in play yeah oh certainly um, so looking at guys who have the, had the most triple doubles of all time, um, Oscar Robertson with 181 times, Magic Johnson with 138 is number two, um, and they by far blow away the most. Jason Kidd is third with 107. So, you know, what's interesting to me is that, um, first of all, Oscar actually over his first five seasons, he Average a triple-double during during that time Now he only did it once for an individual season But if you look at his numbers in total 30.3 points, 10.4 rebounds And 10.6, 10.6 assists a game So, um I mean, just you know, obviously amazing work and only one other player other than Oscar is actually average nine points, nine rebounds and nine assists per game. And that's Magic Johnson, who did it in 82. So, um, you know, the, the the fact that no one has even, you know, reached that benchmark other than Magic again, just you know, shows you what uh, Oscar did. But just looking at over five seasons, that's just a that's an amazing number. And yeah, 181, I don't think it's being broken anytime soon.
2: No, I think yeah, I think that's pretty safe yeah. for quite a while.
1: So, yeah, Magic also had 30 triple doubles in the playoffs and eight in the finals, which each is first all time. And I, I found this interesting. So I went and looked at Jason Kidd. How many of his of his one hundred and seven triple doubles were 20 points or more? And the answer is 34. So roughly a third of them are um, were 20 points or more. Uh, if you look at the other players who've been around since 84, looking at theirs, it's kind of interesting. LeBron actually had 40 out of 45. So he actually has more triple uh, 30, 20 point triple doubles than uh, Kidd did. Westbrook has 31 out of 45. Um Magic, of the one since 84, he had 57 out of 91. Uh, Bird, again, since 84, 30 out of 46. And Fat Lever, who we're going to talk about a little bit below, similar rate to Kid. he had 19 out of 43. So uh, I found that interesting. Uh, And again, that sort of speaks to our not all triple doubles are created equal. Uh, so next, Will Chamberlain, uh, he had 78 uh, in his career. And, you know, we've talked before about how complete a player was and, of course, how he has got stats. But I think you know, the fact that he has this main triple doubles might be a surprise to some people. You know, even though, like we said, at times he did kind of go assist hunting in his career. But the, you know, the fact that he was so well-rounded to be able to do this, um, you know, just kind of speaks to the, the talent that he
2: had. Yeah, absolutely. And and the dominance that he had as well, because a lot of it is also, you know, people being like, all right, screw it. We'll just throw four guys at him or whatever. And we'll just have into it at some point. You're like, all right, fine. You get the ball. (laughs) like just having to pass it to other guys because it's, you know, and that speaks to his dominance as well. A lot of those. And and if you watch highlights of of Wilt, you see a lot of his passes coming out of double and triple teams where he's just like, all right, well, (laughs) you're wide open. So all yours. So, uh, again, it just speaks to, again, how how dominant of a player he was and how um, just unbelievable he was for his time. Yeah,
1: And uh, Larry Bird next with 59 And one aspect of his game Probably not appreciated enough is his rebounding Um, He averaged 10 plus rebounds In his first six seasons in the league And then at least 9 after that every healthy Year including 9.6 in his final Year Um, and was top 10 in defensive
2: rebounding percentage three Times including 1992 his last season So he didn't have a back And and that speaks to again he was a guy that was just so smart About figuring out when the ball was going to bounce off The rim and because I remember a lot of the rebounds that you See in a lot of clips you see of Larry Bird you see him getting he rebounds a lot of them are like bouncing off the rim or off the back but you know what I mean like he was so good at the, just kind of figuring out where the angles of where it's going to go because not a lot of his rebounds are him skying over guys or really you know being a, an incredible you know box out or whatever a lot of them are just being super much smarter and just kind of understanding where the ball was going to go and and, and you know it, it, that that's a big part of rebounding as well it's not just being the best athlete or being you know the best at positioning and, and all that sort of stuff some of it is just kind of understanding where the ball is going to go and just kind of being uh, smarter than other people on the court I know uh, Dennis Robin and Charles Barkley are great examples of that as well they were really good at you know kind of the fundamentals of boxing out but they were really awesome at just knowing where the ball was going to go they see it hit the rim and they knew exactly where it's going to go and got to that spot and got the rebound before other people and you get that with larry bird because you look at 1992 he was still you know tops in rebound percentage and the guy couldn't walk he couldn't stand he couldn't sit like he was just you know his back was shot and for him to still be that high in rebounding just speaks volumes to to what he was on the court
1: Yeah, and he obviously had great size, but uh, you know, he was 6'9", but not much of a leaper, Larry Bird. No, he was not, no. No, no. Um, And then next, LeBron James with 45, um, also 16 triple doubles in the playoffs and seven in the finals, which were both second to uh, Magic Johnson. And he's the youngest player to uh, have a triple double. I believe he was 20 years old when he had his first triple double. So uh, he is tied with Westbrook, also has 45. So that'll kind of be an interesting race. I mean, Westbrook looking like he's just going to get more of them, um, you know, for the rest of his career. So he'll probably will finish ahead of uh, LeBron in um in the end, there, but certainly uh, interesting to, that they're both right now at the same level. Uh, and then next, uh, Fat Lever at uh, forty-three. Only, the only non-Hall of Famer among the top ten in this list, which you know, it's interesting to uh, probably not a guy who's really super appreciated, um, but was such a you know versatile guy. Another guy who um, was six-three yet was a stout
2: rebounder. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He had a, a, a crazy four-year stretch. Uh, he averaged uh, 20.5 PR, 5.7 box plus minus, uh, 18.9 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, and 7.5 assists per game. And uh, other things as well, he's uh, 40, uh, 41st all-time in box score plus minus. Uh, and as you mentioned, a two-time All-Star. So, yeah, he kind of – I was kind of surprised when I kept seeing his name pop up on this list. And, and I don't know if I appreciate <laughs> Fat Lever enough. Uh, but I think I, after doing this research for the show, I, I think I do appreciate him a little bit more because he kept popping up. And I'm like, what? No. Fat Lever like I kept thinking he was sort of um, it just kind of popped up there you know one or two times you get on there and then the more and more I kept looking up these numbers there was Fat Lever he kept showing up here and, the, and again that speaks volumes to, to, to what kind of production he had on the court as well and yeah I don't think we appreciate him enough and I hope uh, maybe we do a little bit of education here and people kind of do look him up and go oh geez this guy was pretty good
1: yeah and he played for you know Denver and Dallas for most of his career in the 80s and into the early 90s and those teams were they did have some playoffs discussed here and there but they weren't uh, weren't high profile teams, so didn't get a lot of exposure during the time and isn't, you know, perhaps as well remembered as he uh, should be. And he's not, you know, he didn't really have a um, enough longevity to be a guy you think about in the Hall of Fame or something like that. But, you know,
2: he was for a while, he was in, you know, quite an excellent player. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, he got hurt he started going through a lot of injuries, um, I think, when he went to Dallas, right? Because he was fine for the most of the time in, in Denver and, and Portland. But I thought it was, yeah, when he went to Dallas, he just was never really right. And you can kind of see in his numbers as well that there was a big fall off. And I think he was out of the league by the time he was like 33 or 32. So,
1: yeah, it was around 30 that he really fell off. And yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right. It was an injury that uh, that did that. So, um so next, Bob Cousy with uh, 33, and he was really the first NBA point guard who commonly had 10 or more assists per game. Assists were you know, very stingy uh, back then as far as scorekeeping went, which uh, it hurt guys in the 60s as well, but um – Uh, But Cousy was, um, you know, obviously, you know, I I think most people here are probably aware that Bob Cousy was an incredible ball handler and a flashy passer, especially considering his time and could really, um, you know, obviously uh, directed some uh, Celtics teams that were known for sharing the ball and being excellent on the fast break. And another uh, Celtic who was known for his versatility and being able to do it all was uh, John Havlicek, who had uh, 31 uh, triple doubles in his career. So um, and, and really stood out, especially in the early early 70s uh, once, um, you know, the Russell had retired and they this the Celtics transitioned to a new era of the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. And then other players with 20 plus um, triple doubles. uh, Don't know if any of these names will really surprise you, but uh, Grant Hill, Michael Jordan, Rajon Rondo, Elgin Baylor, Clyde Drexler, Walt Frazier, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Ray Richardson, Chris Webber and Charles Barkley.
2: No, nope, I think they're all pretty uh, guys that I would kind of assume uh, would be yeah. up on that list. So, yeah, I don't see any I don't see anybody on that top 10 or even the top, uh, like you said, the 20 plus triple doubles that really stands out as, as uh, being surprising for being on the list. But uh, one of the guys uh, I think what's most surprising is guys that aren't on the list. And I think there were a few names that you and I both picked out. And, and I think these, you know, maybe people have some others as well. But uh, these three, I really do think I, I was just shocked that they were not in that top 20 or, or, or 20 plus triple doubles. Rather, uh, the first one was Scotty Pippen. Who uh, who seems like the prototypical guy That was like the guy that could pass Could dribble, could rebound, could score or whatever But for whatever reason he just did not get triple doubles He has 17 in his entire career uh, But I did find 49 instances Of Pippen having 9 plus points, 9 plus rebounds And 9 plus assists And 17 of those saw him have under 9 assists Despite double figures in both those other categories So it looks like for whatever reason He just couldn't get that 10th assist But yeah, 49 instances of being right there That close to getting him And only ending up with 17 is pretty remarkable for uh, For Scottie Pippen
1: yeah and it it kind of just shows you like how arbitrary in some ways that triple double stat really is just um, I, you, yeah the fact the, the nine plus nine thing is really interesting because it, obviously it's not that much of a difference but it you know it just it's different in how it's considered
2: in history and you know obviously yeah, the, one assist one the, assist right. and he's got you know <laughs> double the amount that he has now like one Luke Longley actually you know scoring at the rim <laughs> type, square, and then you're done you, you, you're good and it's just yeah it, it so it shows you again like a tremendous player that should not be judged by the number of triple doubles he had because we all know if you watch him play that he he influenced the game in all those different ways, including defensively as well. So just uh, pretty uh, pretty remarkable that he was got that. Uh, Rick Barry is a guy that you don't see on the list uh, as well. And then Julius Irving. Uh, Irving is particularly interesting because he was that kind of do-it-all guy, especially in his early years with the ABA. And then even when he went to the NBA, he was kind of a guy that had the ball in his hands a lot, was was a focal point of the offense. And you would assume he would be there. I mean, he's a tremendous rebounder as well and, and, and a, great, a good passer. And of course, a tremendous score. So you would assume he was on there, but for whatever reason, he is not. So uh interesting. And Rick Barry as well, he, you know, again, we we don't really have to have to <laughs> clue yeah. people into Rick Barry or what he did, but he's a guy that again that like you'd just be shocked cuz that seems like something that he would he would routinely do is get triple doubles, but it, it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, um uh, Irving's uh, highest assist total is five point five in his fourth year in the league with the uh, the Nets, and then the ABA. W- once he moved to the NBA, it was usually around the high threes to mid fours um, until uh, late in his uh, career. And I feel like Barry would have been you know, probably in a in a similar boat. I uh, I wonder if the uh, ABA scorekeepers were um, a little bit more lenient when it came to assists. I would uh, I would be not be entirely surprised if that were the case. Yeah. So, um... So looking at so kind of going away from the triple double mindset, but also but trying to come up with like a another way of looking at well-rounded seasons, uh, I I came up with like a twenty seven and seven benchmark. And I don't know if it's perfect and definitely you could you know incorporate some advanced stats benchmarks to kind of get a better sense of that. But just, you know, just for this thought exercise, I decided to look at the list of guys who um, have accomplished that. And um, Oscar Robertson did it six times. Wilt did it twice, Havlicek did it twice Uh, Magic did it twice Uh, Bird did it twice, Uh, Michael Jordan one time, Pippen one time, Grant Hill one time lebron has done it six times and is on track for a seventh this season westbrook has done it twice and is track for his third interestingly enough james harden uh, this year is uh, on track for uh, his first at the moment he is averaging 28.7 points per game uh, 7.3 rebounds and 11.9 assists which leads the league and then not on the list but but also in the ballpark at least um Giannis Antetokounmpo. He has a 22 points per game, 8.3 um, rebounds per game, and six po- and, uh, and six assists per game. So, um, I, you know, we have you know three guys who, and no one is. There's only been one season where multiple players reached uh, those benchmarks in the same season. Eighty nine Magic and. Um, And Michael did it. Uh, Other than that, uh, it has never happened for more than one player per season. But we are at the moment have three and a a fourth uh, who is reasonably close to that level. So I don't know if that's if it's just sort of a a fluke of this year or if it's some sort of um, showing kind of the way that the um, game has shifted, especially when you look at how Harden's style has changed this year and the way that Westbrook is playing, whether that's a harbinger of, you know, maybe that's going to be a little bit more in vogue with we know one guy handling so much of the playmaking and scoring and, you know, the kind of letting your main score also be your main playmaker. Maybe that's going to be, be kind of a thing. I don't know, but yeah. it's,
2: it's interesting to look at yeah especially with Giannis is a guy that again you look at you, you know not often do they say that you have this prodigy that's you know 6 10 and you say you know what yeah you be the point guard because we want the ball in your hands like every single time down the court <laughs> you know that's again so that I does I, I think you're, you're onto something there a little bit where you're talking about maybe this is a new thing that we see where where teams go okay look let's just get the ball in our best players hands from the beginning of the possession let's not you know have somebody walk it down and then pass it to him just no you get it like that's your ball right away and then you figure out what you want to do with it and you, you don't do whatever you want with it because we see that with Giannis where I mean it It's wild that he's the point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he is. And and it's working out well for for the Bucks, and it's obviously working out well for uh, Giannis. Uh, One thing I found that was interesting with this uh, this query that you came up with is seeing kind of the ebbs and flows of the NBA and seeing the different time periods in which a lot of people you know accumulated these numbers. Of course, you have Oscar in the 60s, uh, Wilt in the 60s as well. Uh, Havelchuk in the early 70s. and Then it kind of takes a break from 72 until 80. You have none of them and then Magic comes and then you get a little bit more in the mid 80s. You know, you get Larry Bird of course in 86, 87, Magic Johnson 89, uh, Michael Jordan 89 as you mentioned, uh, Larry Bird 1990, Scottie Pippen 92. It takes a little bit of a break in the mid 90s then you have Grant Hill in 97. And that was remarkable as well that between 1997 and 2005 not a single person did it. Until you get LeBron, and the LeBron comes in the league, and then it's it's an almost every year occurrence for LeBron. After that, and now we see you know it happened in quite a few times. We see Wessel Westbrook last year, we see this year where there uh, or Russell Westbrook actually two straight years uh, last year and uh, the year prior, and then of course yeah the four guys that could p- possibly do it this year uh, as one. Well. I'm sure at least two of those are, or we know at least one will probably be at that level, and it'll be interesting to see if all four do. But just seeing that kind of ebb and flow of the league of. of Big time periods, big decades, you know, almost full decades where they're not there and people don't average that. And then seeing just these, you know, explosions in certain other times, uh, I thought was uh, pretty interesting as well. And seeing kind of the ebb and flow of, of when those kind of came in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it really is because there is kind of the, there are some really big gaps there. I mean, if you take out Magics one in eighty one, there is a fifteen year gap between Havlicek and seventy two and Burden eighty seven. Right. So um, having one in a fifteen year period is really interesting. And then you're right, there's sort of a there, there's a, a there's that gap from ninety seven to 05, and um, you know obviously nobody did between before sixty one. So there, yeah, there's sort of a period where it happens like once almost every year, and then almost nothing for fifteen years, and then it's sort of every. year. Or every other year, uh, and then it kind of goes dormant again until you know LeBron really picks it up in uh, uh, the mid aughts. So. Um looking at a little bit of a triple double trivia uh we'll, uh we'll we'll say so uh dolph shay's had the first known nba triple double on february 8th, 1951 he had 18 uh, 22 and 13 Carl malone is the oldest player with a triple double he did it on um in 2003 uh with the lakers he had 10 11 and 10 so barely got boo. it but was able to get it <laughs> boo Carl. <laughs> <laughs> He got he got the kid triple double. Yeah, and then uh Will Chamberlain has the most consecutive triple doubles, 9 straight games in 1968 and Oscar and Jordan both did it 7 straight uh, games. That's insane. Like, that's
2: yeah. like I'll never I don't care if it's the 10 11 or you know I don't care if it's the J kid special. That's pretty awesome to have 9 or even 7 or I mean it, to me it's impressive to have, you know, back to back ones, you know, triple doubles in a game. To me is impressive alone, so to have, you know, 9 or 7 straight is just incredible. Absolutely. Um, so um, looking at
1: some of the most impressive triple doubles of all time um, I, I, I there's a good good number of these um well i think we talked about this on our one of our will podcasts but he had the most uh he's had the only 20 20 20 game ever uh february 1969 22 points 25 rebounds and 21 assists um and then uh 21 assists was the six or single game assist mark for many years maurice cheeks eventually tied it and um uh, what are some of the other really impressive uh triple doubles that you found
2: yeah, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, April 13th, 1989 versus the Indiana Pacers. He had uh, 57 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, a uh, 45.8 game score. So just yeah. a, a phenomenal game score. For, <laughs> it was, uh, you said
1: 57, 47 points,
2: actually. Oh, sorry, 47 points. Yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Charles Barkley, uh, June 1st, 1993 versus Seattle. This one, uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the details here, but uh, 43 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, uh, 47.1 game score, which I believe is the highest game score for any uh, triple-double. Uh, this is famous as well, of course, because this is the Phoenix Sun you know I've said June you're thinking oh it's in the playoffs yes it was indeed in the playoffs uh, this is the Phoenix Suns uh, they were tied 2-2 with the uh, Supersonics in the 93 Western Conference Finals um, wins were traded back and forth um, and this was the win in game 5 for the Suns uh, Seattle would take game 6 and then Phoenix would eventually move on to the NBA Finals winning in game 7 but yeah an impressive to have it happen not only in the playoffs but in like a crucial game of a big playoff series you know to get his team into the next step of the uh, of the playoffs and into the NBA Finals uh, it's just awesome uh, Larry Bird March 15th, 1992 uh, against Portland. This is a two-overtime game, so we do have to preface it uh, that way. But either way, still impressive. 49 points, 14 rebounds, 12 assists. Um, a lot of people celebrate this as Bird's last great Celtics game. He hit a three to bring a game into its first overtime. It's known as one of the better regular season games ever. It was a, kind of a mid-afternoon NBC national telecast or whatever, so a lot of people watched it. And it was just great back-and-forth action between you know uh, an aging Boston team and an emerging Portland team because, of course, 1992, this is Portland that they would make the NBA Finals this year. And the Celtics would be on kind of their last breath for for quite some time here, but in this particular game, Larry and and the Celtics, they just made it happen and made it work against a, a, a young dynamic Portland team, and uh, Clyde Drexler after the game um, just kind of had to shrug and, and, and say, uh, you know what, man. And then here's this quote: he says, anytime you, have bird, "Anytime you have Bird on the floor, anything can happen." So just like you know, they kind of have to say, "Hey, look, this guy has no back." We talked about it earlier in 1992; he's so he, he can barely walk, he can barely move or whatever. But you know, it's, it's Larry Bird, and <laughs> when he needed to, he'd get you a triple double. So that's an impressive one. Uh, Chris Weber, November 23rd, 1999, uh, versus the New Jersey Nets. He had 26 points, 22 rebounds, and 10 assists. Uh, Magic Johnson. This is March 22nd, 19. 1987 versus Sacramento. He's got 33 points, 12 rebounds, and 19 assists. It's a 37.5 game score, so a really impressive game score there. Um, what's also impressive as well is when you look at Magic Johnson's career of triple doubles. He has seven of the top 10 assist totals for triple doubles since 1983. Uh, Westbrook, Kidd, and Paul have the other three. So not a surprise there that Magic would be you know kind of the top assist guy of triple double guys. But still, the fact that he's so far ahead of anybody else is, is pretty crazy. Uh, and then last but not least, Russell Westbrook, October 28th, 2000. 16 versus Phoenix. This is overtime uh, game as well. So we do have to preface it, but still an impressive figures, Uh, 51 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, This is the thunders franchise's first game without Kevin Durant. So of course, this was the opener of this season and he kind of took the world by storm. Uh, Westbrook had, uh, he took a a career high 44 shots in this game as well. So uh, he was definitely the all man for the the thunder this game. But yeah, the first time uh, it was just a big poignant moment that we all, I, I think a lot of us, Still remember is you know the opening night of the season. It's it's okay. What's Westbrook gonna do when he's not with Durant? And then it's like oh yeah, I got 51-13 and ten. So not, yes. you know, not bad for uh, for a debut for uh, you know Westbrook on his own. Yeah, yeah, no was that the opener of the season? Or was that the home opener? I feel like that was the home opener. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I thought that was the first game of the season, but I could be wrong. Okay, let me try to figure that out. Uh, October twenty eighth. I th- yeah, I don't know. I thought that was the first game
1: of the season. I'm almost positive it was. Okay, I, for some reason I was thinking it was on a weekend or or what have you, but it's not important.
2: So never mind. <laughs> no, it is. No, sir, it is. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't find it. I don't
1: okay, I, I'll. Uh, <laughs> if you want to look it up, I'll, I'll talk about the uh, the components of triple doubles. There have been zero triple doubles since '83 with less than ten points um four triple-doubles since 1983 with uh fewer than 10 rebounds uh fat lever uh did it with 10 steals, Clyde Drexler did it also with 10 steals, Kevin Johnson with uh, 10 steals and Mookie Blaylock um with uh, 10 steals um and in 66 triple doubles with uh, less than 10 assists, um, Dikemi Mutumbo and Akeem Olajuwon had 10 of them, David Robinson had eight, uh, Sean Bradley had uh, six, Mark Eaton had five, and Hassan Whitehead already has four. And uh, presuming those are all
2: uh, blocks. Uh, yeah, exactly. when you do. a Yeah, I, I didn't in that I didn't look it up, but then I, later I wanted to look at block totals and it was like exactly the same amount of people. So I'm, I'm, okay. um, I don't know. I don't know exactly 100 percent that those were all blocked, but every one of those guys came up a ton when I did a query for triple double block. So I, I assume that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be so. Yeah. Um and I did then, look it up. You were correct. Sorry, not to interrupt, but uh, I forgot about that Sixers game. Remember that very weird, like, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. So there was that weird Sixers Thunder game, and that so it was the first, uh, the first home game without Kevin Durant. Okay, for the All right, Thunder that, franchise. That, so. that, that's that's what I was thinking. So, um, so fifty point triple doubles.
1: Um, there are, eight, as we mentioned, Westbrook had uh, one, the, the first one in 41 years. Um, uh, before that, Elgin Baylor had one in 61. Richie Guerin of the Knicks had one in 62. Uh, Wilt had one in 63. Uh, actually, um, in the same game, uh, Elgin Baylor also um, had one February 13th, 1963. Quite a uh, quite a game that must have been for uh, people to see. Um, Wilt, again, had one in 1968. And then the last one before um, Westbrook's was uh, Kareem in in uh, 1975 so uh yeah 50 point
2: triple doubles that's uh, extraordinarily rare but uh, impressive company What's not so rare is almost 50-point point, triple-doubles, which we found quite a few uh, in the history of the league. Um, of course, using uh, we have to use uh, basketball references uh, play index, so we, we don't have ones before 1983 for some of these, so that, that is kind of a limiting factor, but uh, there are quite a few. Michael Jordan in 1989 had 53 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists, so he just missed it by assists. Uh, in 1989, he also had it again in April. He had 47 points, 11 rebounds, and 13 assists, so just missed the 50-point total. Uh, Michael Adams in 1991 for the old Denver Nuggets had 45 points, 14. Rebounds and eleven assists. and so just missed that point total. Uh, we yeah. mentioned Larry Bird and, again. Oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, Michael. That's that
1: was the year that Denver played just at a crazy pace. So yes. they really had influ- right. it, it, um, You know, crazy uh, scoring totals that year. And Adams was the beneficiary of uh, that for sure.
2: Right. And because they played at a higher pace, he averaged a triple double that year because it's so easy. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we all remember that when Michael Adams in nineteen ninety one averaged a triple double in the season. I mean, we, we yeah. bring it up all the time. You know, like, <laughs> like, nah, exactly. Except for us, we we for, we for some reason forgot to bring it up at the beginning. But it's, yes. it's so weird. We we always use Oscar Robertson as that but anyway uh, Larry Bird we mentioned that in the two overtime game 49 points 14 rebounds 12 assists we just missed it there uh, Tracy McGrady 2003 46 points 10 rebounds 13 assists Kobe Bryant 2006 uh, 53 points 10 uh, rebounds 8 assists again as you mentioned there Larry Bird 1992 all the way to Tracy McGrady in 2003 so we see that same big gap of like nobody getting any sort of uh, even near triple doubles not even near 50 point triple trouble it's just crazy uh, Vince Carter 2007 he had 46 16 and 10 uh, LeBron's on here a few times he's got one game uh, versus the Knicks fifty eight and ten uh, another game in uh, two thousand nine also against the Knicks fifty two nine and eleven that's gonna be a the theme with LeBron <laughs> with a lot of these uh, he's got another one versus Orlando fifty one points eleven rebounds nine assists so again like you said a very small margin one extra assist one extra rebound and then we're talking about him as you know one of these amazing elite triple double games but then he's he, he didn't get one assist so uh, whatever he's on this other list here and then uh, Russell Westbrook twice uh, last uh, two years ago rather um March fourth two thousand five uh, 49 points 15 rebounds 10 assists and then one earlier this year versus orlando 41 points 12 rebounds and 16 assists but of course 41 points so he uh just missed it yeah, just by yeah. a little bit there so yeah,
1: just by just by a little bit yeah and then lebron i think it was the 2009 game where he initially was called a triple double and then they called it they said one of the rebounds was <laughs> yeah. uh an a rebound so they who called does it back. that come on yeah <laughs> like, who cares that much Scorekeepers, come on
2: you know yeah. who cares that much jason Bob Sura cares that much. urged by his teammates in a blowout game. Atlanta Hawks journeyman Bob Sura intentionally missed a layup just before the buzzer so he could get a rebound and make his small mark in history. Bob Sura was looking to become the first NBA player in seven years with three straight double-doubles. Unfortunately, less than 24 hours after he did that, the league ruled that he would not be awarded for intentionally missing a shot. The field goal attempt was taken away, which wiped out the rebound, and Bob Sura was left with 22 points, 11 assists, and 9 rebounds, not 10 oh boy Uh, poor Bob I actually this was
1: right in the initial stages after I'd moved to Atlanta and was looking to become a Hawks fan so I was following them um, to a certain degree yeah and Sura kind of went crazy during that year that actually they played much better than the team was hoping they would and then they ended up um, not getting the number one pick and then losing out on Dwight Howard of course was from Atlanta and they were hoping would be a hometown star that would uh, turn things around but you know Um, Dwight Howard went to Atlanta eventually,
2: so everything worked out okay. (laughs) Exactly, you got prime Dwight Howard in Atlanta this year, so you're all good. So anyway, another player that cared way too much, Ricky Davis, and this is probably the famous one. I think everybody, anybody that listened to this, I think knows this story and has seen this clip, but if you haven't, Ricky Davis. After Utah's Scott Padgett scored with six seconds left, Ricky Davis took an inbound pass and was ready to attempt a shot at the wrong basket to get his 10th rebound. Deshaun Stevenson wrapped his arms around Davis before the attempt and was whistled for a foul. Davis made two free throws to complete the scoring as Cleveland beat visiting Utah 122-95. to uh, Jerry Sloan, not happy about it. He said, let, let him try to get it when the game means something. I was proud of Deshaun, and I would have knocked him down harder. They can put me in jail for saying that, but that's just the way it is. So <laughs> but then Davis, uh, ever the uh, eloquent man himself, said, um, they should be mad. Any team that gets beat that bad shouldn't be happy, but I wouldn't do it again. I just wouldn't. I'd probably be mad, too, losing by 20. There you go, Ricky Davis. Uh, God bless Ricky Davis. God yes. bless Ricky Davis. But anyway, uh, Davis in that game, he had 28 points, a career-high 12 assists, and nine rebounds, not 10, uh, as Cleveland snapped a seven-game losing streak. And this was in the dog days of the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise and their weird bad jerseys and just, uh, yeah, yeah, it was all that right, right there.
1: Right before LeBron, yes. Yes.
2: So, um,
1: yeah, I wonder if Ricky Davis, like if, uh, you know, 28-year-old Ricky Davis came to the, uh, the Cavs today, if, like, uh, LeBron could – have the same magic on him that he had a magic on gr Smith to like become like a useful player who's you know like this cult favorite and you know makes these clutch three pointers and you
2: know even though he does goofy they're stuff very, every once in a while everybody yeah, loves him so I've always thought they're very similar like I'm not I'm not I'm not entirely convinced they're not the same person so <laughs> they might just be the same person uh, I haven't seen them in the same place at the same time yeah. ever um, just take so, off the headband and maybe yeah and right the hair, I, yeah. I mean I don't know it's right there I mean they're both kind of goofballs they kind of play yeah. similarly they're like they're really awesome athletes and you're like oh man if you just weren't so you know you and like this yeah. is fitting as well of course the day after I, for people that, again we record this on November 30th uh, there was a play yesterday where Jared Smith went to go like handshake Jason Terry on the bench while the game was going on and his defender the guy that he was defending just kind of cut to the basket and got the basket so that was uh, just a perfect Jared Smith moment and you know he, he said I didn't even know I was in the game so that's just <laughs> <it was laughs> the best <laughs> ever and then like the same guy will then contribute to you like winning a championship you know what I mean like be a key part, uh, in like, a, in a key game of, like, why you won a championship, and I remember that with Ricky Davis when he eventually went to the Celtics, and he was, like, awesome, and it's, like, God, geez, like, it's just so weird with those guys, but, yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm on a campaign that they are the same person, so, Okay, um, and well, I, I think would be, Ricky Davis is, like, four inches taller, so I... He, that might uh, be well, you know, they got the lifts, him, you got lifts these days, oh, and, you, know, sure. they, they, you know, all these different, you know, and with stem cell research and technology, you know, you could, you could make that extra four right?
1: yes. you know so much about it, that's you That's know? very topical, right, yeah, so right,
2: right there, so, (laughs)
1: Uh, We all contain multitudes. So, you know, what what can we say? Um... Anyway, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. You can find us at the stepback at fansider.com. Appreciate you uh, checking us out and all the uh, great uh, writing and podcasts that are uh, there. You'll definitely find something you like if you check it out. And uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts, by uh, searching for Over and Back or searching for The Step Back. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back again soon.